Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colt-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Welcome back Blue, to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Dangley, thank you guys for coming back to the show, uh, got another good show for you tonight, we're going to keep it kind of strictly towards the focus of the show uh, tonight, and that is the Colts updated pro football focus grades through week three, heading into week four. Kind of some interesting movement here. I mean, uh, this is I, – I like doing this better. Last year, I just simply gave you their grade where it was at. This year, I'm keeping track of how they've kind of up and down, how they've moved to kind of check out where exactly uh, pro football focus is seeing in them, whether they see improvement or, you know, uh, a lack of improvement or, or what, or if they're staying pretty steady. So let, let's get right into it, guys. Not going to be a long show, but we're going to get these out of the way because I think these are fun to look at, especially in this in this manner. So let's look at the quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck, the quarterback. I wonder, I, you know, I didn't even look, but I wonder if Jacoby Brissett was even had any kind of a grade on here. So <laughs> for his Hail Mary throw. But uh, Luck is now down. He was week one. <clears throat> he was sixth. Week two, he was ninth. This week, he is 16th. With a 71, all the 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 rank and the grade have all dipped a little bit. 82.3 to 77.9 to 71 for Luck, and I think that probably the way that the Colts go about their offense, and and the fact that the Colts were so meager in, in passing yards and and aggressiveness last week, that that's probably the end result. You know that that sounds about right. They've still got him in the middle of the pack. You know, as subjective as as pro football focuses grades are sometimes, well, most of the time, uh, if not all the time, because we don't really know how this all goes down. But that in itself makes sense. I mean, fifty three attempts in week one, down a little bit in two to you know what we had last week, which was a little bit over four four yards per uh, attempt. So I mean, obviously that just kind of makes sense. Falls in line. So let's look at the running backs now. Naheem Hines, the top-rated uh, Colts running back, he is at 29th right now with a 63.7 grade. Uh, in the first week, he had a 60.5 grade. Week two, a 61.6. This week, he's up to 63.7, steadily going up. And I think that that's because of the way that he's used so often in the offense. He, he you know got a, a, a touchdown last week or in week two. In week three, continued to you know get fed the ball out of the backfield. He had a couple runs, had a nice actual uh, nice uh, yards after the catch. Uh, I think he had twelve yards on that one. 
uh, last week as well. So I, I guess that makes sense. But we're looking at running backs, and it's kind of hard to discern, I suppose, how, where they weigh. You know what makes the grade? Because if you look at the pass grade, and then you look at the running grade, and then you look at the overall grade, the, the I mean, it's not. There's no average here between those. That's not how it's how it's formed. So it's a little strange and and difficult to read. But uh, moving on. Jordan Wilkins, he is 43rd right now among running backs with a 59.2 grade. Um, he was 24th with a 56.4 in week one. He was 35th with a 60.1 last week and down a little bit uh, as far as grade and down quite a bit in rank uh, this week to a 59.2. To the receivers, uh, Ryan Grant is 39th overall with a 69 grade. Now Grant started in week one with a, he was ranked 51. So he's climbed since his initial, uh, week with the Colts, uh, 61.4 grade climbed a little bit more to 47th with a 66.5 and then climbed a little bit more to 39th with a 69 grade. So that's, it's impressive. And, and that has shown as well. I've been impressed with Grant, uh, quite a bit since, the preseason and, and and training camp and such. So I, I'm happy with him the way that he has continued to grow through through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Hilton is is noticeably further down. He is 70th and he has a rating of or a grade of 61. Hilton has kind of been down here the entire time. He was 77th in week one with a 53.9 grade. He was at 52nd, so he climbed quite a bit with a 63 because he had a, a kind of a, ni- a nice breakout game there in week two with a 63.7 grade by week two. And then this week, he's at 61 for his grade. So, I mean, and that kind of makes sense too. A solid game last week, not the big numbers, obviously, because, I mean, he had more, I mean, almost as many receiving yards, it seems like, in the past couple weeks that he had or that the entire Colts team had in week three. So, uh, looking at Chester Rogers, he's noticeably further down as well. Started at 55th, uh, went to 59th, and then now he's all the way down to 86th, and he has a 56.7 grade. His grade has uh, slowly dropped. All right, and it came up, I guess, uh, from the first two weeks, and it's kind of as high. Actually, it's his highest of the first three weeks, so that's interesting. Um, but his has kind of stayed. I guess that's that's fairly uh, staying the same. I would think. And then you've got some other guys who just happen to be playing better that are that are getting above him as far as rank. Uh, to the tight ends, Jack Doyle still twenty eighth with a sixty three point four grade. Didn't didn't work in in week three, obviously. So, but that's just where he's at. Still twenty eighth. Doyle's been twenty fifth in week two, and he was twenty fifth again in week one. So that that's not much of a change for him. And I think that when they, I think they do get penalized a little bit when they're inactive when they don't play uh, through this, because I've seen that with other players before, but now I can actually track it and kind of figure it out. I've got him highlighted as a guy who did not play. So we'll see what that turns out to be in the in the next week. If he didn't, well, his grade drop actually is what I'm interested in for the most part. Uh, Cause his grade has stayed the same between week two and week three thus far. Eric Ebron, he's 34th overall with a 61.1 grade. Ebron's gone from 15th with a 69.1. He moved down a little bit to 17th with a 68.8. Not much of a drop in production, but more or less just a slight drop in rank. And now he's dropped significantly in rank, and his production uh, grade dropped quite a bit as well. Uh, seven points, over, well over seven points, actually, from 68.8 to 68 or 61.1. 
LaRaven Clark, top-rated Colts tackle, uh, 33rd overall with a 65.3 grade. So, that I mean, that's – I think that that's pretty interesting when you look at the way that, he you know, he's being perceived to have played. Uh, last week he was 19th with a 69.7 grade his first week in the starting lineup. His grade dropped a little bit, but that's with more reps, more, you know, more activity and whatnot – and his uh, uh, rank dropped as well. But no no real surprises there. But kind of interesting that he's uh, ranked 33rd. Not so much that he was higher ranked than Haig. Uh, Haig, however, is 49th overall. He's kind of been uh, down as well, obviously, since his first week. His first week he was 30th with a 64.6 grade. Uh, last week he was 18th with a 69.8. And now he's at 49th significantly further down with a 59.7 a full 10 point drop from week two to week three uh nelson nice to see that he's at 36th in the league that is horse crap i I don't agree with it and he might be one of the hardest the ones that just makes kind of no sense to me whatsoever he is playing really good football i think he started off in week one he was ranked 28th with a 62.9 then he went down to 39th with a 61 slight drop production rating but then you see there his his rank has dropped significantly. He's up a little bit from 39th to 36, and his grade is just barely up from 61 to 61.3. Seems like they really like him in that 61 to 62 range, which is a little baffling, like I said. But uh, moving on to Matt Slauson, he's 55th among guards with a 57.4 grade. He started out 37th with a 60.3 in week one. He went down to twenty or went up to twenty seventh with a sixty four. Now he's back down to fifty fifth with a fifty seven point four. And so that that's just, I mean what seven six seven points. Uh, it, I don't know what that means, but you know that it is what it is. I haven't noticed. I'll be honest with you. I have not noticed Nels or uh, Slauson either way. To be honest with you, to me it means that he's played pretty well. If you don't notice a guy, nobody's complaining about Matt Slauson right now. Have you heard anybody in Colts Twitter or uh, among Colts fans complain about Matt Slauson? You haven't. To me, that tells you he's playing pretty well. So the, the also kind of tells you that it's really a necessity for the Colts to get this tackle position taken care of with Costanzo coming back hopefully in the next couple weeks. And then somebody who can really hold down the right tackle spot. Uh, Ryan Kelly at center. He has stayed very, very uh, right there in this group, very consistent. He was sixth overall with a 70.9 in week one. He dropped one point to our one rating to seventh and has a 72.6 grade, up a little bit, a couple points there. He's still at seventh, but he dropped a very little bit, less than a point to 71.9 for week three. He's been fantastic. I'm excited about this interior uh, of the offensive line. So, I mean, we've got that going forward, and and I'm glad that Kelly has stepped up and played really well. I was hoping that he would kind of rebound from last year. It was necessary for this Colts offensive line to make some strides. It looks a little awkward right now because the tackle position is so kind of uh, just a swing. It's really a, a strange position when you look at both sides of it where others are, are playing in the league and then kind of how these guys are are doing. I think that they're doing okay, but okay isn't good enough when you want to be able to attack downfield a little bit more in the coming weeks. Uh, Let's go to the cornerbacks. Pierre Desir is the eighth-rated corner uh, for PFF, and he has a 79.7 grade. That's interestingly ahead of Melvin, uh, Rashad Melvin, 
former Colt, now Oakland Raider. So he's slightly ahead of him. That's interesting, kind of a comparison. You know, uh, Desir played okay last year, was looking to uh, improve, you know, this week or this year coming with the Colts, actually getting some really good snaps, having some really good games. And it, it's almost like we didn't even lose Rashawn Melvin, or at least the production that he brought last year. He's, I think he's around 10th or 11th, somewhere around there, but their grades are really, really similar. Desir uh, actually week two was fourth, uh, with an 84.1 this year he's or this week I keep saying year this week he's down a little bit in both uh eighth with a 79.7 Kenny Moore he's 34th overall with a 69.3 Moore was at 20th with a 71.8 initially and then Moore went down to 29th and with a 72.7 so the grade was very similar but that he dropped in the ranking this week dropped a little bit more in the ranking, but very similar, only about a three-point difference there for him. And then to, for comparison's sake, he's right there with Slay from Detroit, and he is known very well as one of the best corners in the league. So I think that that's a little offsetting, a little strange even that Slay's down there. Maybe he is not having kind of a top 10 season right now, but... Look, Darius Slay's a hell of a quarterback, and if Kenny Moore can can match him at all, and I don't hear anybody complaining about Darius Slay either, uh, from you know Lions uh, faithful or anything like that. So that tells you that Kenny Moore's playing some pretty good football. Uh, Nate Harrison, he's down to seventieth with a sixty point five grade last week. He was at fifty eighth with a sixty two point three. So very similar grades down in the overall ranking, but not much to to really complain about there either i mean he started out in week one with a 50 or ranked 58th with a 59 grade so he he's kind of moved up since then as far as his grade but his ranking is not going anywhere not up anyhow uh moving on to the safeties matthias farley number six rated safety according to pro football focus with an 84.8 grade he has uh started in week one with an 82.2 Farley went to fourth with an 85.9 grade. Now he's down about a point, but down two point or two spots in rank to sixth, 84.8 in week three. Impressive stuff from Matthias Farley. Uh, Malik Hooker is 15th overall with a 77 grade. Started out at 66.9, and then you see where did he go? I lost his second week here. Um, there he is, Hooker, 43rd with a 64.2 grade, and now he's 15th, back up in rank quite a bit, and a considerable, what, 13, 14-point jump there from week two to week three. They liked what he did there uh, against the Eagles. So Gethers, he is 38th overall with a 65.7 grade. Like seeing that. He was 37th initially in week one with a 63.5 uh Gethers was 48th with a 63. Gethers is 38th with a 65.7 now in week three. Very consistent. Like to see what Gethers brings. Uh, a lot of punch in the box, and especially when his, you know, his guy is a tight end and he blocks and goes after that running back. We saw that on some of the X's and O's stuff from Colts.com. That was really fun to watch, and you see how quickly Gethers is 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 forming to the ball. And and just for another comparisons type sake. Uh, that is right in line. In fact, I think he's either tied or maybe like a point two difference uh, above Landon Collins. So that kind of gives us where where he's at right now as far as production and, and and competency there as the third or those three safeties there. That's pretty good. Six fifteen thirty eight 
and all of them, you know, 65.7, and all of them have vastly different roles and, and play differently, uh, very different styles. So kind of fun to watch that. Moving on to the linebackers, Anthony Walker. We, I've been very impressed with him, and I have not given him enough attention, and I plan to soon. He is having a fantastic year. He is fifth overall linebacker with an 82.7 grade right now. He started out with a 76.6. Uh, he went to a 78.4 last week or in week two. Uh, he was ranked ninth. Now he's up to fifth. And he's up in in score as well to 82.7. This is what I was talking to you guys about in a couple shows ago about the, the, the chemistry between he and Leonard and how fantastic it's been to watch these two play. And they're really playing some good football. Leonard is down to 14th with a 78.9 grade. Those two, three, you know, three points apart. Um, I'm a little surprised that Walker's ahead of Leonard. But I did expect Walker to be – I expect these two to be very similar in, in grade and rank and however you want to call – whatever you want to call it because they're both playing really good football. Uh, Leonard's grade was a – or he was ranked 24th uh, for in week one with a 69.2. That's a good grade for a rookie. Then his second week just shot up, obviously. He went to number two overall with a 91 grade, and then now he's down to 14th with a 78.9 overall. That's a big dip uh, as far as I'm concerned considering he was still as active. He did he missed a couple tackles. He he missed a couple things in coverage. But overall, man, he is such an active dude and so he is such a great guy. I'm not going to worry about his grade moving up and down if he continues to be as productive as he is and is continuing to be quality in coverage, good against the run and can pressure the passer. We saw him get two sacks last week. Got to love that. Another what you you want to call him surprise, Marcus Hunt. He is 19th overall, and they've got him listed as an interior defender uh, with an 80.2 grade. He started week one, 14th, with a 79. And then in week two, he went to 23rd with a 77.6. And now he's back up to 19th, and he's raised his grade again to 80.2. So nice to see him getting some, some, some love there, I guess, because he is really having a fantastic year as well. Uh, Jihad Ward. How about this guy coming in, you know, starting out, uh, getting a little bit of love here from the Colts, and he has earned himself a, you know, a rotational spot, especially while Danico Autry's been out. It'll be interesting when Autry uh, returns. If Autry returns, you know, what do they do with Jihad Ward? Does he stick around? Is there movement on this Colts roster? Going to be interesting to watch. I think uh, might be worth watching. Terrell Basham, to be quite honest with you, if I'm a guessing man, and I am, I'm not a betting man, I'm a guessing man, but uh, let's see, where did Ward, did he, I don't think I had him graded last week at all, so uh, that you got to love what he's doing right there, uh, th that's big, I mean, uh, his, his play has been very helpful, he's stuck right in, they continue, I, you, like I mentioned to you guys last year, you hear that He's getting some, you know, uh, actually I did have him graded. He was an 80.1 last week. Where's he at now? 73. So not, not bad. Not, not much of a, a drop, especially when you consider he's not a heavy snap uh, guy. He's getting rotational snaps. Uh, that's good. And he's been a big help. And uh, let's move on to Stewart. I, I think that Stewart has done a pretty good job. He's not getting the love for it right now. But Stewart last week was at a one was at number one oh seven with a forty four point nine grade. This week he's very similar in, in rank one oh eight, 
but he has a 50.7 grade. So his grade's gone up. Stewart is a good rotational guy. He's powerful and speedy and explosive. He's going to be a big help for the Colts going forward. I, I like the way he's played. Woods, on the other hand, he is 110th. Woods last week was 101 with a 49.5. This week, very similar in grade and in rank. 110th, but 49.7. Uh, literally almost identical grade to last uh, to week two. So uh, interesting looking there. Looking at the edge defenders, Jabal Sheard is 46th overall with a 67.6 grade. To put this in some perspective, this is where Bradley Chubb is at. He is right there with him. I think they are tied at 67.6. So, I mean, for everybody who wants to see that, you know, Bradley Chubb is going to do great or doing great things, this is where Sheard is at now. And last week, uh, let's see, week one, he was 10th overall with a 79.4. Uh, last two, or two, uh, week two, he was 21st with a 73.5, a little drop there. Uh, drop in in his rank and just a slight drop, I think about five uh, spots or five points uh, for Sheard in week three. But I thought he played a hell of a game, to be quite honest with you. So that, to me, that's whatever. That makes no sense to me. Uh, and, and this is kind of where I find myself with a lot of these scores anyways when it gets down to these guys. Once you get past, I think, probably about 20th or 30th, all these guys kind of run together, to be honest with you, I think, for these guys. So um, I, once you get further down the list, it's a, it's an even bigger grain of salt that you have to take some of these grades with, but interesting, nevertheless, to look at, uh, Al-Kadini Muhammad, he was, uh, ranked or rated at a 67, his grade in week one, week two, he was 66th overall with a 58. So a little drop there in grade. Uh, but this week he dropped again to 86 with a 53.3 grade. I think he's still played a pretty good role. He's not getting a lot of snaps. I think he's playing pretty well, though. Um, the Colts rookie here on the edge to round out the PFF grades. Uh, Ture has a 47.6 in week one. He's 97th overall in week two with a 38.9 grade, and he's 98th this week. Very similar in rank, but his grade went up uh, to a 44.1. That is hard because he is almost legitimate or literally only a pass rush guy. <clears throat> you saw some nice things from them uh, using him to cut inside. A lot of the stunts that Matt Eberflus has been designing, you're really seeing that he has some power coming on the twist to go inside. But when it's right off the snap and he's dedicated to the edge, he is definitely a guy that they expect to get upfield to pull a running back inside of him and allow these linebackers to come up and make a play. And that's what he does. That's what he offers. He's not a run stopper necessarily, at least not by trade. And he's doing a pretty stinking good job, I think, of at least, like getting, like I said, getting that upfield burst, forcing the running back to kind of alter his uh, projection into the second level. And it's kind of fun to watch him play as a rookie and, and it'll be fun to watch him, you know, kind of progress throughout, uh, not only this year, but in years to come too. So, uh, that's all we got today, guys, for the PFF grades. Like I said, a pretty quick show. We're under about 25 minutes and, uh, we've got another show that we put up, uh, today as well. And we had Luke Schulteis on. He was excellent. We had a great conversation, a lot of really fun conversation about some of these Colts that uh, you know, maybe are being overlooked a little bit, some of the guys who are underrated, and maybe the, the surprise players. You guys will have to go check that out. So a couple podcasts for you today. Always make sure you guys are getting to Stampede Blue for your latest Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Hook us up with a rating and review on iTunes, and we'll talk to you guys all next time 
right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.